Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul, and I'm fine. <laughs> That's a callback to another episode. I'm Kevin, <laughs> and I bought Kill Team Arena. Ooh. Uh, I'm Potter, and don't kill me, but I haven't seen the final season of Game of Thrones. Womp womp. Womp womp. But it is fine. I know. But I'm like the one person in America that probably hasn't. Cause well, you're not You're not one of the 802,000 people that signed a petition to have it redone? The final season? That bad, yes. huh? No. Uh, I mean, yes, but no. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, the I, internet thinks it's that bad. No, well, the internet thinks actual, every... It's, it's bad. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, the internet. Fine. I, it's fine. Yeah, I, I think Paul's uh, post about uh, Twitter and Return of the Jedi I think sums up a lot of my opinions on what I think of the internet and their criticis- criticizing of things that are or not good. It's fine. Yeah. Also. Yes. Yeah, it's fine. And uh, yeah, so guys, hobby progress. I've been slacking. I have not got done anything done this week at all. Oh, no, that's not true. Not true. Uh, built my legendary Viridian Alpha, which he will be coming out to play this week if I'm not running demos. Nice. Ooh. That Skyleap is awesome. So Yeah, Skyleap is pretty cool. Uh, working on painting some hands um, for, for Wild West Exodus, trying to get some of them looking good and... Because if I can get some of them done, then I'll feel like I'm actually getting somewhere with this army. And I want to feel that way. Yeah, I, uh, the guy I got into the game a couple weeks ago, Howard, he's putting paint on uh, on some nation hands right now. So you can't let him beat nice. you to it. No. Well, uh, all eight of my ten have paint. or No, it's 20 of them. Uh, so 18 of them have paint on them. Nice. All right. I'm uh, and my hobby progress. I'm working on my super secret project for a patron. Um, and now you guys have actually seen them, so you can yeah talk about if they're actually yep. cool as cool as I think oh. they are. Oh no! They, uh, like I told you, like I told you this afternoon, the picture you sent—they look legit, man. They look real yeah. good. I think they look pretty cool. Uh, also, I assembled uh, my Lab Thirty Two starter box for Eden because I. Uh, need some more micro skirmish in my life and i have a <clears throat> i have a game set up for tomorrow and i really wanted to bring out some new models so i uh i got my green stuff roller out i made some nifty uh like brick bases and i got these guys which is essentially they're i they're they're all isc models so um yeah they're, i think the steel court they're the, i think it's the same box um but they're like super mutants one of them's got like a predator mouth, some big like Hellboy hands, and the other two are like Freddy Krueger. Pretty cool. I uh, I'm looking forward to actually getting some paint on them because I uh, I think they'll uh, they may be a, as as uh, bad as this sounds, they might actually be a good candidate for contrast paints to practice with them and see what they can actually do. I'm a, a little bit remiss to do that on these really nice resin models. I might actually put some effort into painting them, but they have lots of lots of little valleys that would be cool to see what happens with that contrast paint. I don't know yet. Anyway, that's what I built. Cool. 
I haven't built anything, but I do need to go pick up my uh, great elk. Boo. Nice. Also, yeah, guys, play more Eden. It's uh, so good. I'm yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Uh, maybe Another Wednesday episode. night. I'd have, uh, I'd have to own Eden models to play me Eden. I can ship you some. I have a starter box. In that um, we we may we may talk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, Eden, it's a good game. Uh, we should do another episode later, but that's not what we're doing tonight. We are doing an episode on da, 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 Surprise, everybody, Wild West Exodus. Um, what? I know, I know. I promise they won't all be Wild West Exodus episodes, but we do definitely need to finish up. The, we need to close at least the loop we opened last week and talk about um, the Confederates. Yes, that's right. Yeah, there's, so. there's, there's lots of good stuff in there, and, and we need to cover some of these outlaws because that's how we do. Yeah, so we'll do we'll do part two of our four-part outlaw breakdown. I don't think we'll do all four outlaw sub-factions all in a row. I think we'll do these two, and we'll figure out what kind of episodes we have uh, coming up. I know there's like a new episode. There's a new edition of Bushido coming out. I'm pretty itching to play Gaslands and some more Eden. Uh, plus, you know, I've, I'm still playing Wildest Exodus. I'm trying to play Malifaux 3rd Edition, so who knows where the show will take us over the next couple of weeks. But I think even if we come back to Wildest Exodus uh, within the next two to four weeks, we may do deep dives on non-outlaw factions. All outlaws all the time. Yeah, just, just spread them out a little bit. Uh, especially since we haven't covered um, two of our three main uh, main factions like we haven't covered warrior nation or order and uh with 109 looming on the horizon i think that's when we'll probably want to do deep dives on those so you know mm-hmm. it's coming those that those will be more likely um yeah anyway let's talk about confederates though guys i feel i feel like just real quick i feel like i need a sean bean bean meme of like you know 1.09 is coming mm. it is though you have to Get your printers ready, guys, because <laughs> cards. Yep. You hear that, Paul? Print me some new cards. Ugh. <laughs> I guess All I right. might be able so to handle let, that. But let's, let's get into it. So we're, we're going to talk about um, the Confederates. So uh, aesthetically, um, who, who would the Confederates uh, uh, I mean, appeal to other than, you know, uh, Jesse? Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, they, they <laughs> appeal to Jesse. That said it this time. They definitely appeal to Jesse. Jesse's listening. Too. Like I feel so attacked right now. <laughs> Man, he's used to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's deserved as well too. Yeah. He's. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna aesthetically. Are we talking aesthetically? Aesthetics. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna appeal to people who kind of like the ragtag look, uh, because they kind of have that. Exactly what you would think from from the Confederates, you know, twenty years after the Civil War, or at least ten, fifteen years after the Civil War, which is that some of them are still in their uniforms and they're looking pretty beat up at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of them aren't in their uniforms and they're still looking pretty beat up. Right. Well, that's what happens when you live on the fringe of society. So. Yep, and uh, we didn't. We talked about it um, last week, and then got cut short. But the basic war is that the Confederates lost. Um, but that doesn't mean they haven't lost their ideals and aren't still fighting for the Confederacy uh, where they can. 
Um, <coughs> and I mean, that's that's pretty much it. You've got a little bit of Hex influence, a little bit of Enlightened crossover uh, in the faction. But again, it, that, that just lends more to that ragtag look. It's a, it's just a, a loose group of, um, of shady characters. Jesse might take offense to that. Well, I mean, that's what they are. I agree. If you look at them, I mean, look at look at Slain, man. That guy does not look like a nice man. Nope. No, he does not. <laughs> he looks like a bad person. <laughs> and so, he's pretty so brutal on the table, too, so... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, but uh, so outside of aesthetics, uh, I think the next thing want to cover um, is some things that you see are, are the unifying theme of the of the Confederates. And I think that the main rule that we want to talk about, and I think unlike last episode where we sort of went over every rule every time we brought it up, I think we should bring up five or six rules we're going to see a lot and not break them down intensely, but break them down intensely once. So the main rule that you're going to see in the Confederates is rebel yell. Yep. Um, all I think all of the Rebel Yell boss are all of the Rebel or Confederate bosses are most of the Rebel bosses, and a lot of the Rebel faces have Rebel Yell. Uh, and so what Rebel Yell does is a, for an action. I believe it's a special combat action. Um, so remember, you can only take one special action per turn, right? Well, so before you before you go yell, too far, the hands don't have it, but they are effective. The faces, sorry. The faces have it. Did I say hands? I definitely yeah, meant faces hands. and bosses. I meant okay. faces. There are there are some faces that have it. Um, uh, and we'll talk about the faces that do have it. Um, but and, and most of the bosses have it too. Um, but Rebel Yell is a uh, it's a special combat action, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to double check when you guys can, can confirm for me. Um, but as a and yes, it, it is a special combat action. Yeah, and so remember, if you if you rebel yell, I believe that means you can't charge, right? Because you can only make one special combat action per turn. So that's correct. It's yep. So it's a it's a thing that you do. But the thing that you get for giving up your ability to take other special combat actions is insane. I think rebel yell uh, is one of the better uh, themed uh, abilities in the game, and this is what it does. Um, so it's once you make this action, any other units with the human or confederate trait gain one to their turn to the to, or one to their limit for the duration of the turn while within eight inches of this unit, and that doesn't stack so, with other limit bonuses. Can can you go back for a so, second? What yeah, what does like, it affect? Human and confederate. Okay, and okay, uh, you said or, and. so I wanted to confirm that it was oh, and not or because there's a big yeah, difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Human and Confederate. Sorry, I'm off my game tonight, guys. It is human and you have to have both. So, um, and there is one special instance where you don't. But we'll talk about that later. Um, but human and Confederate, and then you get plus one to your limit um, as long as you're within eight inches of the unit that Rebel yell. That is a Maybe the best force multiplier of all the force multipliers in the game. Um, I think the com- compel is a close second, um, but man, Rebel Yell is good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because suddenly you have uh, limit three hands. Limit three hands. Holy shit, is that a thing? Or yeah, or a, a limit four slain. Oh, oh, gross. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't think about it. 
But yeah, also it's, it's remember the, that it's it, one of the reasons why you take the combination of either Marcus and Slain in a watchers list for your for your uh, guys because oh, he can so rebel can yell can as well yell. too. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah, it's terrible. All right. Anyway, so that's the that's the main thing that they have. But I think it's also important to talk about um, the other main rules that you're going to see uh, in this faction, uh, like pervasively. Um, so one of those is the quick and the dead. And we've talked about the quick and the dead before. So to, to reiterate, the quick and the dead is a damage mitigation technique. It allows you to make a quick roll to essentially cancel an opponent's attack. So when we talk about the quick and the dead, that's what we're talking about. There's also the rule metal, which is another damage mitigation. This time, when you would take a wound, rather than taking a wound, you are disordered. So that's metal. Uh, target priority is a rule that happens a lot in this faction, specifically with bait, bosses, and faces. Target priority uh, means that if you are further than a foot away from the model, and there is a model in between this model and the model firing, then you can't target it. So if I'm more than 12 inches away from you, and there's a model in between me and you, you cannot target me. You have to target the models that are closest. Correct. And then also shrouded. Uh, there is it's not shrouded isn't on every model in the Confederates, but shrouded is on a uh, big majority of them, and importantly on some of their really good hands. Um, and since shrouded is on their hands, I think it's it's important to cover. Um, and and, and I might be mistaken here, but I believe Shrouded is the rule where if you make an aim check against them, a successful aim check, you have to re-roll it. That is correct. That's correct. All right. So th- those are your main things. And your bo- both your main hands have that, and lots of your faces uh, and bosses also have that. So there's a lot of uh, re-rolling successful aim checks just by default on these guys. Yep. Which is gross. Yeah, it's super gross, especially when you have guys like you can't hit them very well and they're shooting back at peak defect, peak effectiveness, limit three situations. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's start breaking it down. I think that's uh, unless you guys have something else that you wanted to add, another special rule that you thought is important to cover. No, I think the, uh-huh. I think you got yeah. all the big ones. Cool. All right. then let's let, let's talk about our our, our bosses. Uh, so the Confederates. Uh, and, and it's important to talk about the bosses and not the playstyles because I really think that depending on the boss you choose in the Confederates, it affects your playstyle. Because you can go from, uh, let's say, Annabelle Hamilton, who wants to take some constructs and some enlightened and, and models, and, and she might take a more uh, uh, resurrection-heavy crew or recursion-heavy crew, mm-hmm. where you might take Marcus Wayward, and Marcus Wayward is way more about an elite crew. Like he, he wants to take a crew of elite models. Um, so you but, can really... What's, uh, what's, one of the things that's interesting about that, though, Chops, is that even though they're each bringing something different to the table, I tend to view each of these bosses as a support boss. Like, that's yeah, kind of where they are. They're true. supporting they their, are. their team more so than uh, getting out there and necessarily doing it themselves. So even yep, though what's effectively out there is going to change depending on the boss, they're pretty much all support based. They're all force multipliers. Yep, yeah, that, I would agree with that. I would agree. I mean, it's um, so also just... not to say that they can't do work on their own because I mean, like someone like Marcus 
he, you know, he's got a Pierce minus four gun. He's got gun down so he can shoot into combat. Like these guys can do work on their own. They're just not heavy hitters. Right. Exactly. Yep. And, and so for the listeners, the way that we're going to change the format for this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the boss. We're going to talk about the boss's posse. And then we're going to talk about one or two faces that we would uh, generally want to take and how our composition for those posses might look. So rather than like, you're just listening to us break down models and their rules the whole time. It's more going to be, we're going to break down the rules on the boss and then the boss's posse, why you would take a theme list and what you would take in that theme list. Sounds good. All right, then let's get going and let's just start in, uh, in, in order of the way that they appear on the website. So if you're listening and you want to follow along, you can pause the show, uh, go to the Confederate, um, part of the cards for uh, on, on the site and, and you can follow along with us and we'll start with Annabelle Hamilton alright so bring her on Annabelle, Am- Annabelle Hamilton is uh, while a confederate uh, is actually not uh, she's she's an enlightened character uh, if you look at her card um, she doesn't necessarily even have the uh, outlaw uh, logo she is a uh, 100% enlightened terms and obviously she can still take outlaws because of the outlaw posse rules but she's an enlightened model um and it's important that is important to note but she is also human female confederate and tainted tainted is also important because when she dies she can explode into a hex beast which is cool um now her stat line is pretty average quick five line seven i guess fight name six is pretty good grit six is pretty good and then and uh, limit three. So I've been pretty average for a boss, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so her weapons are uh, thermite grenades, and you're going to see a lot of thermite grenades uh, in in this faction, and specifically in this crew. So thermite grenades to go over them. They're ROA one, Pierce minus three. Uh, it's a six inch range on them. They have brutal, indirect, and blast. Uh, and then on a crit, they're hazardous. So these are awful. Uh, those are uh, yeah, those are no bueno. Yeah, no bueno, especially because the indirect rule and the blast rule are ways to get around damage mitigation. Uh, and with Pierce minus three, it means you can really ace models if you get close enough. So if you've got important models, keep them away. You don't want to be really close to Annabelle because uh, she can she can take them out. Uh, she's also got the mouse gun, which is a ROA one eight inch pistol with Pierce two close work and lethal. Uh, so pretty good, and then a really average uh, um, uh, melee weapon in the hammer hand, which has parry and the crit of disorder. So on the crit, it's pretty gross uh, because if if you land the crit on this, it can mitigate metal, which is awful because um, that's what disorder does. If you're disordered, you can't be metal, so um, you could just die. And that's yeah, the, and that's, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. That's the front of her card. So the back of her card, she has metal, quick in the dead, largesse, and target priority. So the rules we went over at the top of the breakdown, and then largesse like every boss. So to talk about her first major rule, uh, and I, when we do an enlightened episode, we'll probably go a lot deeper into Carpathogen. Uh, but in essence, what Carpathogen says is that this model can use a fortune chip once per turn when a construct face, hands, or support unit is destroyed within six inches. So again, that's a construct face, hands support uh, within six inches. And then immediately before you make a taint check on those models, you roll in, you roll a, a dice and D5 of those models are immediately returned to the battlefield with the reanimated rule, which means they're on limit one. 
Gross. Yes. So basically, she can recur models that die. Now remember, she's enlightened, which means that when she, when you're t- looking at her posse card, she can take things like enlightened hands uh, and also enlightened faces and such. So yeah, that's uh, gross. That that means you're going to have constructs. Uh, she's also got portal mastery. We haven't talked a lot about portal mastery on the show yet, um, but portal mastery uh, essentially gives you the ability to create or collapse portals, and portals can be used to teleport around the battlefield. So she is a a portaler. Um, she also has Rebel Yell, which we talked about at the top of the show, and this is an important one to talk about because remember what we said earlier that uh, Rebel Yell requires human and confederate, and we've talked a lot about how she cares about construct rules. That's going to be important when we talk about her posse card. She also has Rabble Rouser, which allows her to bring an angry mob in, uh, and Tactical Brilliance, which gives her a plus one to her reserve check um, when she's um, using her or using her mind attribute. So it means it's easier for her to bring her reserves on. Um, and then she can also spend two action points to look at the top three cards from either one of her decks and then put them back in any order. So also very Which is powerful. super powerful. And it, and it goes to that support thing, right? Because you might pull a you might, you know, pull a, a strong card and not make any attacks with it. Because you might move her, rebel yell her and tactical brilliance her, right? Like that's a perfectly valid turn of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And that's, and that's what I'm talking wanna, about, too. Yeah, because right? you're going to want to keep... Support side. Yeah, you're going to want to keep a couple fortune on her, maybe one for a re-roll somewhere, and maybe one, well, especially one for a Carpathogen. Alright, so that's Annabelle. Let's talk about the important thing with Annabelle and how Annabelle works, and that's her theme posse. So, Annabelle's theme posse is very important. So she is uh, in, an, in an enlightened or outlaw force. Instead of a faction posse, Annabelle may take this posse. And now she has the, uh, if you look at her theme, her theme posse, it has both the outlaw and the enlightened symbol. So it's important. Um, now, now listen to this, guys, because this is incredible. and This is what really makes her tick. So if at least four slots are filled with one or more units in this posse, then all units in the posse gain the confederate trait. So that means even if you take uh, a bunch of enlightened stuff, all the enlightened stuff gets the confederate trait. Now that is extremely important because her rebel yell also will benefit things with the construct and confederate traits. So now she can take construct units because most of the enlightened things like the, like the menials and all of the faces and hands, um, Almost none of the ones she wants to take, which are the constructs, because those are the things that she can bring back with Carpathogen. None of them are human; they're all they're all constructs. Um, so now they get Confederate, and Rebel Yell affects Confederate constructs. So she can Rebel Yell her Frankenstein units. Right, right, and 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 just to just to clarify, part of the theme bonus is that construct and confederate traits are what she needs to affect rebel yell that's right but her rebel remember her rebel yell uh does still affect humans it just also affects constructs correct Uh, correct yeah we we talked about it adding confederate the confederate trait but further down it says that rebel rebel yell affects construct and confederate traits yes so that's where that's where that's important i just wanted to make sure we got that in there 
up. And really, the thing you need to know for her um, for her card, we're not, I don't want to go over all six slots, but it's important to know that she can take outlaw Confederate units and outlaw uh, mercenary support units. She can also take uh, enlightened construct hands and up to two. She, she can take, I think, up to four enlightened faces. So. That's that's very important that she can take up to four faces from the Enlightened, and she can also take one Enlightened unit with the Creation rule, which is also important because there are a ton of Enlightened models that are that have a Creation special rule on the back of them, uh, and Creation models are uh, constructs, so they can be reanimated, and they are the big bruisers of the Enlightened faction. Gross. So, Yes, so she's very good. Now, guys, um, have you guys done much research into Annabelle at all? No, I mean, outside of, I think we had a conversation the other day in the Discord about her. This is pretty much as in-depth as I've gotten with her. I've played against her a couple times. Yeah, is is uh, Jesse taking her? Not lately, but in, uh, very early on he was. And uh, one of the things that he found was that with her and Stonewall, there was a little too much support boss going on. Right. But that could also just be needing more practice at the two of them on the table at the same time. But I don't yeah. know. I, my, my, my thought was that it's it's too much support and that neither boss I mean, was putting out enough damage to to do it. Yeah, I mean but, I don't I don't think that you want too much of a good thing in in there and so I think I think having one support boss, one action boss is good. Yeah. So, what, what do you got, Chops? Since you've been right. you've been exploring enlightened and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. And and I've done a little bit of looking at her box. Her box is very good. Like she has Unger, which is a very good enlightened model. Um, but I would definitely take uh, Wendell Lee. So Wendell Lee is a uh, an outlaw human. Uh, and also, it's a, a, a uh, enlightened face. So fills a good face spot. So what Wendell Lee brings uh, is Sawbones. So Sawbones is a rule that says within three inches, uh, any friendly units gains tough. And so tough is a model again, or is a rule again that allows you to mitigate damage. Uh, a, it allows you to reroll grit checks. And then B, if you would take uh, a point, if you would actually be wounded instead, rather than being wounded, um, you are, um, oh, I can't think of the status. Stunned. Stunned. Stunned, yep. Stunned instead. So, he gives your models uh, some damage mitigation. And why this is important is because there isn't a lot of damage mitigation on the hands uh, and support uh, from the Enlightened Faction. So you stick him within three inches uh, of a unit, and all of a sudden they are much harder to take down as they march toward you across the board. Yeah, and that's, and that's true, is that it makes them really hard, especially when you have a big old unit of them. And now let's let now, now what I want to do is I want to bring in wh why this is so devastating because now you can also bring in a model like Creation Thirteen. So Creation Thirteen is a hundred and sixty point face uh, enlightened face. So the the Creation Thirteen is quick five, mind three, aim four, grit six, fight five, limit two. Uh, and the reason that I bring this up is that this guy doesn't really have much in the way of melee. He's got two suicides. He's got a failsafe implant, and failsafe implant is actually pervasive across almost all of the enlightened models. Uh, 
So what this is, is it's a suicide shred blast. So this is a, an ability that you can use, and they all have a rule that are called failsafe detonators, which means that their failsafe items, their suicide items, always succeed against their primary target, uh, and they always kill the unit that does them. And so this one is a, is a standard ROA-1 pierce minus one. Um, but this guy also has servo claws as a melee attack, which is a... Uh, ROA 2, Pierce minus 2, Brutal Lethal Attack, which is good all on its own, mm. right? Because he can get close and he can do some damage. But the other thing that this guy has, and this is why it's really important to talk about this combination here, is he's got called the RJ Chest Burst. And so the RJ Chest Burst is an ROA 1 Suicide. Now remember, anything that has the Suicide quality automatically passes against his first target, and this attack has engulf and torrent, and it's pierce minus four and brutal. Ouch. Um, so this guy, as he's marching toward you, if you keep him near Wendell, has metal and tough. So while slow, it's going to be very hard for you to kill him on his approach. And then when he gets close to you, he can suicide and pretty much melt anything in front of him. Because that, that engulf is a, is a template, and the primary targets automatically hit. So if you place that template right, you can hit a lot of stuff with a Pierce minus four hit. Yeah. Also, also to know, remember I mentioned his ROA 2 Pierce minus two weapon? Mm-hmm. This guy's also a creation. So he can spend an additional action point to double the piercing value of a single strike action. Oh, gross. Which is four. And which is four, so he's now attacking, his melee attacks are pierce minus four. If he's afraid of dying, he can chest burst suicide, and if he's within six inches of Annabelle when he does this, she can just bring him back for a point of fortune. And then he can just do it again. Right. So, this is, and this again, and this is where that, that whole thing happens, and now, the thing that I didn't talk about on Wendell, is Wendell has compel. So Wendell can walk up with this guy, compel him to take servo claw attacks against you, and then when it's the creation's turn, he can just blow up and murder whatever he doesn't kill with his claws. And then Annabelle just brings him back. And brings him right back to life. Yes. Barf! And at that point, you don't care that he's limit one because you're just compelling him anyway. Exactly. And now you have to remember that you're bringing a bunch of enlightened hands... And Enlightened Hands units, if you don't realize, can be up to 20 menials. So if you don't think you have a screen for this guy to get close and work this magic, it's absolutely possible for, for you to just march him right up to whatever you want him to melt. Yeah. Um, and I think that pretty much covers what I wanted to talk about with Dixie Resurrection. There's, you know, there's other stuff in there, but obviously that's the, you know, the, the gist of it is that you're, you're going to be using this like combination of being able to rebel yell. And again, it doesn't matter that he's limit one because you can rebel yell him back to limit two. Right. After you bring him back to life and you can also compel him. So all in all, uh, it's a faction where you take the support masters that can use and reuse their own units uh, and then bring them back to life. Gross. Yep. Which is funny that you're not playing them, Paul. Right? Because that's usually your stick. I know. I know. Almost. And we'll, and, and Paul, when we talk about Enlightened, which is going to be my second faction, we'll talk about my favorite uh, boss in the game, which is Augusta Byron, who uses a similar playstyle. 
Cool. Cool. You'll end up selling me on Enlightened anyway. All right. All right so so, that, so that's we... uh, Annabelle. So let's go on to uh, Mr. Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. Would somebody else like to take Stonewall? Yeah, I can take Stonewall. I actually got a little bit of a game time in with him when I was playing uh, Confederates. So um, Stonewall is pretty much almost, you know, I think the quintessential confederate boss as he probably should be um you know he comes with rebel yell just like uh chops was saying everybody you know, pretty much has it that's a boss um but the cool thing is is that he's got inspirational i think this is a great thematic rule for him at, you know as well as again a support rule um so you know stonewall rising from the grave coming back from the dead essentially inspiring inspiring his confederate troops allowing them to uh, re-roll a single dice roll in their activation while they're within six in six inches of, uh, of Stonewall. So anyone can do it. Uh, that's a friendly model while they're within there. Uh, he's got counterintelligence. Uh, so once both sides have deployed um, in any trail finder moves, if there are any to be made, uh, you get to redeploy this unit in your deployment zone. So uh, very much just like the Conquistors that we talked about that, that got to do that as well. Uh, and then he's got Shrewd Strategist, uh, which allows him once per turn. When he's activated, he may spend an action point to look at the top card from either the, the Adventure deck or the Action deck. And you can either discard that card or return to the top of the deck. So which will really will allow you to start setting up your next turn uh, if you want, if you need to go first next turn. Um, if you, you, you know, you want slain to go next and you really need him to make sure that he draws a three, you know, you can get rid of that one or the two. Um, or if you get that five, you know, you put it right back. Uh, so things like that. Uh, and this is where I said we're, you know, so those are a lot of his support abilities. Um, Rebel Yell and Inspirational being his real big unit support. Uh, Shrewd Strategist being more of the army kind of support where you can manipulate how you're going to be going through the turn, uh, through the game. Uh, where he does some really uh, good work on that he can do on his own is that it's his custom pistol. Uh, this is the same exact pistol that Slain has. Uh, it's a range 10, but it's pierce minus 4, and it's rate of attack 1. But the nice thing that comes with it is it's got ammo clip. So what ammo clip allows you to do is that it gives you one of three options after you roll your dice. You do not have to choose this before you roll your dice. So you can roll, get your success, and then go, okay... Uh, I don't really need, it, it can either ignore cover, intervening cover, it can give you brutal, which will give you an additional attack as long as your t attack was successful, and then it gives you, oh, what's the one last one? I always forget the third one. Hazardous. Hazardous. Hazardous, thank you. So if something's got, uh, if they're hunkered, you can throw hazardous up, and now you can get rid of that hunker, so now it no longer gets the extra uh, grit, uh, grit bonus. So obviously the most the most choice that people take is brutal because now you're going to get two successful pierce minus four shots going into your opponent. Gross. Uh, yes, not not uh, not too friendly. Um, he's no slouch in combat either. Uh, he's got parry on his officer saber. Uh, he's got the nice advantage that he gets a one inch reach. Very uncommon in the game, as most things need to require base to base in the uh, in the game for combat. Uh, he comes with a crit decapitate, which can force. Uh, your opponent to re-roll successful grit checks and it's pierce minus two so again not too bad in combat um and he comes with uh smoke grenade smoke screen as well too so it gives you or smoke grenade so it gives you indirect blast uh putting that that field of smoke up that you can walk into to get shrouded 
Uh, so his posse box is probably one of the best, I think, if you're looking into getting into Outlaws. Uh, the reason why I say this is because two of the models that come with it, uh, to me, are probably the best in a what I would consider a typical Stonewall Jackson list. Uh, the first is going to be a support unit that I'll talk about, which is the Confederate Terminators. My god, these bad boys are great. Uh, it can be taken in units of 1 to 3. They're 85 points a model. Uh, grit 7 base on their on their armor. Yes. But what makes them really good is that they have uh, juice Gatling guns, which are Gatling guns that are heavy. They have Brutal built into them, so again, they'll get an extra shot. And they're linked, so any failed misses, you get to reroll. Then they have crit overcharged on them, which if you crit, puts hazardous on your opponent. So you're getting rid of that that hunkered again. It's a range 15, rate of attack 4, pierce minus 2 weapon. But it's a heavy. The nice thing Confederate Terminators have is that they have unstoppable. Unstoppable means you you can move and shoot heavy weapons. So these bad boys don't care. They're going to walk around the field and they're going to be shooting range 15 uh, shots at you if you take a unit of three you're rolling 12 pierce minus two range 15 brutal linked shots it is Shot. disgusting the amount of firepower these guys can put out for 85 points a model Sounds gross. Uh, they are definitely gross i've been on the receiving end of them way too many times um so they but they're i think they're a lynch a staple of a of a of a uh, Stonewall Jackson list because they're limit two because there's you know they're not they're not anything but you put them in Stonewall's Rebel Yell bubble boom you're going up to limit three um, you know move shoot shoot uh, the other model that I think that is probably a staple of it is one of uh, uh, Stonewall's faces uh, Tobias Franklin um, this guy comes with metal quick and the dead target priority and teamwork uh, teamwork is one of the ones that I think is going to be the, the key for him. Um, he also has Sikkim, so he works really well with your canine automata. And they come, uh, that, and the box comes with two dogs. Yes. Yes, it does. So, the, the canine automata, basically, when there's a unit within three inches of Tobias, at the end of the model's activation, uh, they gain, the, the canine gain the teamwork special rule for that turn, and for what action uh, point this unit may nominate enemy unit within 18 inches, and the weapons of the canine automata focus... Uh, their shots and their shoot and strike actions for free against that target. So really, really good with that. But teamwork will allow them again with one action point. You can now activate one of your buddies that are near you as well too. Uh, so he can basically help control the turn, being a little bit more of that support as well too, uh, uh, controlling that flow of battle. The one thing that he's got is he's got his thermite shredder. Uh, as Chop said, we're going to see that thermite across the, the army. Uh, this thing is a 15-inch uh, Pierce minus three rate of attack two weapon that comes with lethal and hazardous. Um, what lethal? Uh, or Paul, can you remind me what lethal does off top of hand? Reroll. Reroll. Uh, it forces your opponent to reroll. Correct. Yeah. Reroll grit checks. Right, but doesn't lethal do something else if it's against a stun model or something else like that? Because basically, no. You're, you're, it, you're, what you're thinking of is if you were stunned and you have something else that's going to give you stunned, it becomes lethal. Gotcha. That's what I'm thinking of. Or so, if you have decapitate and it's going to do yeah. So there's right. A few the, different the, ways the deca- I knew there was a decapitate up. in there. Yeah. So so to me, those three right there are are a trifecta essentially. Uh, just then throw in slain just because if you want to, because uh, he's just brutal. 
Um, and then, you know, and throw in some of the hands uh, that you got, and you've got a pretty good, you know, a, a pretty good Confederate Stonewall Jackson list, in my personal opinion. All right, so let's um, just quick looking at his uh, Stonewall's posse card, right? So um, his posse card basically notes that if all six slots of his card are filled with at least one unit, then every unit in the posse gets an elite. And so the elite rule means yeah, that... Which is a nice bonus. Yeah, elite's great. Uh, elite basically says that uh, you can use any uh, guts ability, any guts card as plus one action point rather than what's printed on the card. So it gives you a lot of flexibility uh, to gain additional action points to take additional actions. Um, and this guy can take a lot of stuff. Like three of his six posse slots are just up to two confederate units. Like, no no specifying if it's a support, hands, or face. Just up to two outlaw confederate units. Um, which is amazing. Uh, and then he also has some ability to take uh, specific units and or hands. Uh, and then some mercenary units. So it's like a, a very flexible... Like, I've seen some inflexible posse cards. And this is a very flexible one. Um, pretty easy, I think, to fill one unit. Uh, like essentially one unit in every one of those slots and also be able to, if you only want to take one boss, fill that up to 1500 points with no issue whatsoever. Yeah. When I used to run him, I used to like to run uh Nakano with him, uh, just because she was that kind of like bub, uh, bubble, you know, bump that you have to get over in the middle of the road when she, you throw her up there and then the rest of the Confederates, cause they're, the Confederates are kind of a little slow, you know, they're, you know, Stonewall's quick five, the Terminators are quick four, Tobias is quick five, so they're not a fast faction. You know, they, they definitely like taking their time to slowly marching up the field, you know, shooting as things as they walk, or just sitting on that objective and camping it, because, you know, mostly everything in there is grit six or higher, uh, outside of the hands, let's, I think. Let's talk about one hands that's not grit six, but it's also a thing that you're very likely to take, <clears throat> and that's the Dixie Snipers. Those guys are amazing. And so the Dixie Snipers are an interesting unit. Their stat line is, uh, is, is you know, nothing to write home about. Quick 6, mine 4, aim 5, grit 4, fight 4, limit 2. So them being near someone with Rebel Yell, hey, that's cool, right? Because that takes them up to limit 3. And the reason that's important is because their juiced rifle is an 18-inch rifle. <clears throat> it's only ROA 1, but it's Pierce minus 2. And these guys come in a minimum of 3. So you're going to have three to six of them, which basically means <clears throat> you're going to be shooting with at least three guns, right? And you're going to be taking three minus two attacks, possibly more because you limit three. But the thing that's specifically uh, awful about this is that 18-inch range and the dead-eyed special rule. Mm -hmm. So dead-eyed means that they get to choose their targets. They get to pick what they attack. Uh and get and, and also they can shoot into melees without a penalty. So yeah, it, yeah. So it, if they want to shoot into a, a like a scrum, uh, rather than it being odds or evens of it hitting the wrong target, uh, they just get to shoot whatever they want to. Uh, these guys are also shrouded, so um, they are snipers that are difficult to hit. Although if you hit them, they're gonna go down like uh, like cheesecloth. Grit four, you're not. You're not going to have a hard time taking them down, but not necessarily easy to hit them because they're going to be put into positions where 
They're going to have positive grit for cover, almost certainly, uh, made easier by the fact that they are also skirmishers, which means they can be four inches apart from each other, and there are six of them. So you can spread them very far apart and keep them in, in cover and have good targets to pick out. Uh, but again, also they have that Pierce Minus 2 rifle and the possibility of having Limit 3. So uh, absolutely disgusting uh, hands units. Yeah, probably one of the best snipers in the game, if not the best, from a hands unit perspective. Uh, and, and I would even go to say go so far as to say the other hand units, the Rebel Scouts, which are these guys are also shrouded and also skirmishers. Um, but these guys have pistols that are ROA 2, Pierce Minus 2. Um, they have close work, um, but the thing that's really awful about them is they have gunfighter. Yeah. Which means they can shoot multiple attack, the multiple targets rather than one. So if you've got a unit of three of these guys, uh, that's six shots. If you have a full unit of six, that's 12 shots, Pierce minus two, and each one of them can aim at separate targets. So um, they can put a huge volume of fire down. Mm-hmm. But that's also why well, they cost 45 points a month. That's not that's not what Gunfighter does, is it? I thought Gunfighter gives you Revolver Fan for free. Uh, it does both. Cause it so, does... so even if you're tasked, you can shoot at multiple targets. Yes, yes. It, but ba- yeah, so you get you get to Revolver Fan for free, um, and then you uh, then you get this unit may target different units with checks from their weapons rate of attack and shoot actions. Then oh, weapons. I see what you're saying. So if it's ROA two, one bullet can go over here. One Correct. shocking. Okay. Okay. Yes. I got you. I'm on board now because I was, I was thinking, I was thinking, but you could do that anyway, but not individual dice. Yeah, right. Individual, right. Individual ROA twos can fire at separate targets. Yep. Great. I'm yeah, you've got magic bullets essentially. Yeah, and again, that revolver fan means that you know, for the for the cost of some aim, they can go up to ROA four Pierce minus two. Yeah. There. Well, the downside to it is that they become it's it's minus two aim, so they become two. aim aim two so you're gonna have to focus that yep just to just to become equal but again um there if you want to take it you can take it and you can take it without having to spend the extra action point so correct these guys i mean you're rolling you're rolling four dice at that point in time so you know you're you're 50 50 ing it either way it's good right good stuff they're uh they're they're very good hands both both of the options for hands for the confederates are very good and i think in a Stonewall crew where you can give them elite uh, and possibly rebel yell them, uh, you can get a ton of work out of these guys. Well, and then if you're, then you get your inspirational bubble to help even, you know, your odds better. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Slain um, and, and that you would take Slain uh, in a crew with Stonewall, so do you want to go over Slain? Yeah, sure. So Slain is pretty much, at this point in time, uh, I, I think the meta would say that, or the, the community in general will probably say the single most hated uh, face model in the game. Uh, the reason for this is is because he's got the same exact pistol that uh, Stonewall has. He's got the custom pistol with the ammo clip and the close work. Uh, but the thing is, is he's got a pair of them, so it goes up to rate of attack two. Um, so he's got elite as well. Uh, so he can do this by himself naturally with spending the, the guts cards for action points. Uh, and he's also got shrouded built in as well too. So he's harder to hit. He's 190 points. He comes with one point of fortune and you know, he's got, he's got two pierce four range 10 attacks 
that can potentially go up to four if he hits with both of them if he chooses brutal but the nice thing is, is with them is then what you can do is you can even go as far as since it's two individual attacks, you choose ammo clip on each of your individual attacks. So if you hit with both of them, you can do a brutal on one and say something is hunkered, you throw hazard on it. Now you get rid of the hunkered and you now you got three pierce minus four shots. He's just very much a big toolbox when it comes to range attacks and with that that pierce minus four ignoring everything, super lethal. He's a confederate and a human. You throw him in there with Stonewall. You're now limit four. You're doing this a ton of times. You've got elite to help it out with your action points. Not and just you've got Stone Cold Killer. And you got Stone Cold Killer. So if you destroy an enemy unit, you get an action point for that activation. So you keep you you just keep going. It's actually worse than that. It's not destroying an enemy unit. It's destroying an enemy. Or sorry, model. enemy model. But so my, every time yeah. he kills something, he gets an action point. Just yeah. Just awful. This guy. Yeah, throw him, throw him, in, throw him into a hands unit to destroy it, which might be a little overkill. But at the same time, you know you're going to guarantee that Stone that uh, Slain's going to kill it. You well, know, with, with minus four on his gun, good chance he's killing. Oh it, yeah, whether it's a hands unit or not, most yeah. likely. So, and then you know you get inspirational on there, you get Rebel Yell. It's just Stonewall really buffs this guy. You know, it already takes a model that's pretty much already at eleven turning it up to 12. Yeah, and he's aim 6, right? So even unfocused, he's on better than 50-50 for, for hitting. Uh, it's just, everything about him is, it, it seems very strong for 190 points. Yeah, very, very much. Um, which is why I think, you know, he is basically the most hated face unit in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he, he's almost a must-take for any place you can fit him in. Yeah, I mean, if you could take Slain, you're taking Slain. Um, you know, I, I take him. I take him in my Watcher's Army because my my uh, 100 and what like 50 point uh, Vixen can morph into him behind enemy lines. Yeah, yeah. where he can be absolutely deadly with that 10 inch range. Yep. I hate you. Yep. I know you good. do. He's real good. All right, so that's Stone. So the other two, no, 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 no. I mean, the other two I was going to, we got left is uh, Quintrails and Marcus Wayward. So who do we want to cover first? Uh, Well, Quantrails Raider, or Quantrails the next one down, so go for that one. All right. I don't know so, enough about these guys to be able to talk intelligently about them, so I'm sorry. The so we there's not a lot of people from what I see that is taking Quantrails, Quintrails, however you pronounce his name. Um, the biggest thing that I know about William Quintrail is the fact that he likes a mounted army. Um, he himself is a mounted boss. Uh, he comes on an iron horse, uh, which is uh, which also comes with uh, an electrocarbine. Uh, for the mounted for the gun that's on the mounted one uh that's a uh it's basically it's basically a a gatling gun the same as the terminators have the only thing is, is it doesn't come with heavy it doesn't come with uh, brutal and it doesn't come with linked so you're not going to get the reroll you're not going to get those extra shots but it's 15 inches pierce minus two rate of attack four um he's got gunfighter himself so his juice pistols uh you can revolver fan for free uh, for that extra two, uh, that two uh, aim, uh, and that's got close work as well too. So he's able to use those pistols in melee combat as well. Uh, Pierce two, rate of attack two. 
He's um, aim six, so that revolver fan yeah. is a likely situation. Yep. So, and he's got you know he's quick eight because he's on a he's on a bike. Um, he's got moving target and durable. So with moving target, as long as he moves seven inches consecutively, he is getting he's forcing your opponent to free roll all of their successful aim checks against him. And then with durable, he is uh, you know he's got that that damage mitigation on him as well too. Uh, he's got Rebel Yell, but the nice thing with him is he's got Murderous. Uh, so while he's engaged, each successful fight or aim check with a weapon or another engaged unit uh, causes a further automatic hit on the same unit. So you go in, you Revolver Fan, which allows you to do your fight stat, or not, sorry, not Revolver Fan, Close Work. You go in, it allows you to use your fight statistic, uh, which is fight six. You get a uh, negative, and I believe it's negative three uh, for Close Work. And you're now getting, and then you revolver fan at the same time if you want to. That's a lot of negatives, but you can essentially go up to four attacks on your shots, shooting in close combat if you want to with murderous. You can go up to eight if you hit with all of them. Downside, you're probably not going to hit with all of them because of the fact that you just took so many negative penalties to do all that. Yeah, but you're still on even odds because if you take minus three in focus, you're on fight five. Right, but you're still taking the minus two for the revolver fan. So, so you're three, so you need sevens, but you're rolling four dice. So and you pair them with, twice. Yeah. right. And you pair them with Stonewall, if Stonewall's near, Inspirational can allow you to reroll. Yep. But like I said, but so he likes a lot of the, the, the mounted guys just cause it's kind of a theme and I'm pretty sure that's his posseless theme. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, it's a lot of mounted faces. It's like out, yeah. outriders, mounted faces, outriders, um, and then if you basically if you fill all six of them, uh, when making a charge, any unit in the posse gains Stone Cold Killer. Right. So everything is now once it kills a model is now getting a free action point during a charge. Yep. During during a charge. A charge. Correct. So some of the ones that uh you that are in the Confederates that are just mounted. Models that, you know, he might be wanting to take or that he's probably going to end up taking. Uh, you're looking at uh, Frank James. He's mounted. Uh, he's, a, he's a sniper. Um, range 20 gun. Uh, he's got gunfighter as well, too. So he, or not gunfighter, gun down. So he can shoot into combat with gun down. Uh, Ross McKee. I don't know too much about him. Uh, you've got Jake Mattia, who's from the the Wayward 8, which we can tell, we'll talk a little bit more about with Marcus. Uh, he can mount up, and then you got Thomas Russell. You know, pretty much after that, you're going to be taking the normal, the Iron Hides, uh, Black Hoof Scouts, uh, things like that that are got the mounted uh, conditions, so that way you can run that full mounted list to, to get his posse list. There it is. Yeah, I mean, he's he, that's him in a nutshell. Uh, so then Marcus Wayward uh, is the last Confederate boss. This guy is a little his his posse box comes with. The other seven models of the Wayward Eight. Uh, if you are a big Firefly fan, this guy and his crew are pretty much the crew of the Firefly. There is a model to represent everybody except for Shepard Book. Um, so the models that are that we've got that are Confederate models are him and Jake Matia. Jake Matia is essentially Jane. Uh, so much so that the model actually comes with a head with a knitted cap on it, so you can run them and make them look exactly like Jane from the show. Um. To me, this is one of my favorite 
Confederate bosses to take. I, I love Marcus. Uh, he's got a 12-inch uh, pistol that's called the Magnum Peacemaker, and it's a 12-inch Pierce 4 rate of attack one gun. Um, it has Brutal built in as well, too, so as long as you're hitting, you're getting that extra attack. Twice. And the nice thing is, is it's got Shred on it as a crit as a critical attack um he's inspirational just like stonewall jackson he's got rebel yell just like stonewall jackson um but the nice thing is he's got gunned down so he can shoot into combat and not take the penalty and he has uh, that the, minus four gun so he can correct. he can be safely away and sh- I, I have had this guy melt makara uh yeah. with, a, with a brutal shot from that pistol it doesn't take much yep. he uh so he can pretty much kill whatever you need him to and he's aim six, so right. and um, you're not safe in melee. And you're not safe in melee. So um, the other thing that he's got that I love, um, I always try to take a model if I can with this ability in it because I think it's such a game-changing ability at times. Is Treasure Hunter. Uh, Treasure Hunter allows you to add plus one to your action cards when you draw at the beginning of your turn. Uh, so that that is absolutely one of my most favorite rules. Uh, it allows so much more tactical flexibility for you to have that just extra action card because now you can either definitely make sure you're spending it on a glory if you need to and you're not having to give up a guts and vice versa. Uh, that's why I, I really like having that rule in my in my uh, bag if I can. Uh, so the Confederate model that he comes with is Jake Mattia. Uh, unfortunately, this guy is pretty much a really expensive, not as good Terminator um he he has juice gatling guns just like the terminators with heavy brutal linked um but the downside is is he is not unstoppable which means he cannot shoot and walk at the same exact time the nice thing though is that he does have gun down gunfighter and gun down and he's got gunfighter so he can take one of those four shots and put him into four different units if he wants to yeah. so that is a bonus of what he can do um and he's only grid six instead of grid seven. So like I said, he's just a little bit more expensive Terminator that doesn't do as well as a Terminator would do. But he does have the bonuses of being able to shoot into combat without penalties, which uh, I got to see that full hand in a game, a demo game the other day, and it hurts when you get into Jake's range. Downside is, is that if you stay out of Jake's range, he's really not going to do anything. Because yeah, he just can't... That if, if you take him in the wayward eight posse, he can reroll critical failures. That that's what I was so so that's what I was gonna say with the posse effect. Um, if in the um, waywards posse, you can only take wayward models. Um, so if you you basically can't run Marcus's theme list as a full pure Confederate because you have to pull in the rest of the the, the wayward eight, which don't have that uh, Confederate tag. But, um, yeah, like you were saying, if you do full all, fill all six slots, you can re-roll critical fails, which is huge for this game since that's such a, a – such a like, you know, it's the black joker of Malifaux. Yep. And then if you're inspirational, you can re-roll another one that's not Correct. a critical failure. So uh, there's – if you're close to Marcus, there's a high probability of those first four shots connecting. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, with uh, when I when I take my Watchers and I take my Ceruleans, uh, Marcus is my boss and Slain is my face for my Ceruleans. Yeah. Because so I I just think both of them are just outstanding models. I would agree. And you guys, I think by God, within an hour, we uh, we have covered the Confederates. 
Awesome. We've we finally nailed this deep dive thing. I think so. Now we're going to screw it up next time because you, you said that. Yeah, it's impossible. We didn't talk about <laughs> everything. It's, it's worth noting that there are some vehicles they can take, like the Ironhide, uh, the Confederate Terminators we talked about, but they're, they're, they are great. Um, and we didn't talk about every face, but I think we, we covered the gist of it. We've, we've basically shown that these masters are force multipliers. Um, that's, that's if, you, if you like playing a, a full force multiplication, this is the faction for you. And then inside of that, you got to kind of get to pick a, a sub thing, right? Like if you want recursion, take Annabelle. If you want combined arms, take uh, Stonewall. If you want a glass cannon, take Quantrill. And if you want a heavy elite force, take Marcus. I mean, it, it, it's also point you can point out with Confederates. You know, you they can be really paired well with other factions. You know, so with Annabelle, you're you're taking enlightened uh, with. Um, uh, Stonewall, you can go into the the Hex. Uh, so these guys can really pair really well with other factions to kind of either uh, buff their weaknesses and vice versa with those other factions as well, too. Cool. Well, yeah, sounds guys. good. Uh, uh, Paul, you got any final thoughts about uh, the Confederates? Go Union and Grant. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> oh, you guys, both you guys. I, I think my final thought is I really like that Dixie Rex Resurrection boss. And as a enlightened player, I think that might be a place that I go because uh, I want Unger, and I really like the idea of the Rebel Yell uh, recursion on uh, big groups of suicidal menials. Sounds awesome. I kind of got the feeling that you're going to end up purchasing that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I already have, I mean, I, I, you know, spoiler alert, I already have Galvanic Mysteries uh, fully built, right? So I, uh, I'm, I'm already into Enlightened, and I like the, uh, I like the idea of being able to rebel yell uh, some, some undead boys, even though I think, uh, for at least for now, I'll be sticking with uh, Miss Augusta Byron. Sounds legit. Cool. Well, Paul, why don't you uh, send us off here, bud? Okay. Uh, first of all, thanks to Static as a City for the awesome music at the top and the bottom of our show. Um, I will link some their Spotify link to the theme song, so this way you can go and listen to it and give them some clicks and likes and all that jazz. Um, follow us on the social medias at Three Men in a War Game. It's the number, not the word. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash three men in a war game. Um, hit us up in our email, three men in a war game uh, at gmail.com, and find out how to buy some awesome six sided dice with our ugly mugs on them. Yes, do that. And uh, yeah, so, so that's about it. Uh, thanks to uh, all of you for listening to us ramble about uh, the Confederacy. Yeah, and uh, guys, there's been a couple of a lot of new people on the Discord, so thanks again for joining that as well. I uh, really appreciate it. And the community's growing, and the 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 amount of talking that happens in there daily is getting more and more, and it's getting to the point where it's awesome seeing so much talking, but it's I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> That's a good problem also, to have. Also, if you're lurking, you know, please talk. Yeah, don't be afraid. Don't pull, don't pull a potter and just lurk. Yeah. 
Yeah. So so thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it.